0: Good morning, everyone. Kyle here, bringing up Minder. Kyle, very dark again because it's so bright outside, and I'm sitting next to this giant window. I was having that conversation with G as
1: well. I think I think it's so bright that even my I got a ring light here, and it's just ineffective
0: against yeah. this this sunlight. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, that's fine. <laughs> it's, it's fine if you listen to your audio yeah Um, you don't care (laughs)
1: yeah i'm just very happy today because my helmet arrived so now i can cycle safely i was taking a bit of a risk before so i'm happy with that you're cycling on on
0: roads without a helmet
1: yeah but they're quite quiet because we live in the countryside (laughs) um but that's no excuse i I ordered this and it's just taken a while to come so good job (laughs) yes i'm happy with that now i've got to persuade my my riding buddies to to uh, try to do this ASAP so I can try it out. So we are talking about email marketing this week. So welcome back and it's Tuesday. So let's just quickly do a recap. Where, what's the macro? And then we'll dive into the specific component of email marketing that we're talking about today. And then we'll be talking about the rest of the components as we go through the week. So let's just, this is the entire system. So if you listen to this on audio, I'll just talk it through. So imagine yourself as a customer, and let's talk about this as the customer's experience. So, Mr. John, Mrs. Something heads over <laughs> to a a landing page, but we're calling it a email capture landing page. Let's just keep the language simple. But essentially, it's a landing page which, in it, it, when you give when they give you an email. When the customer gives you an email, you're going to give them back a gift. And that gift is what we call a lead magnet. And this is what allows them to be, it allows them to be incentivized in order to exchange that email with you because it's extremely valuable piece of information. It allows you to speak to somebody in a focused direction. And we spoke about all of the advantages of email marketing yesterday. So now the customer has landed on the page. They've handed over their email in exchange for a gift. The gift is a lead magnet. And again, we're going to talk about that component later in the week. Now, what happens next? Well, ideally automatic, and the automatic component we're going to talk about today is they will start to receive what we've called nurture emails. And essentially, these emails are to build a relationship with the customer or potential customer to then, at the next stage, send them a sales email. And that's the final part of the diagram. And the sales email will be transacting now selling something um that may have a price tag associated with so that's a great way to generate revenue so that's it in a very simple term so what are we focusing on today we're focusing on the nurture email part and we're doing it in a certain order because once we get to the end of the week this order will make sense we are working uh, backwards and we're working backwards by starting with the nurture email and then we're going to go to the sales email and then we're going to go to the page because we need to understand what to build at each stage. So rather than guessing ahead, let's build it and then build the next component of that. So the first thing we're going to be covering today is nurture email and we're diving deep. We're going into detail. So over to you, Carl, what's, what's the first thing to think about when we're thinking
0: about nurture emails? Okay, so we introduced the basics of this yesterday and we did start talking about nurture emails, but we will be talking about um, a nurture campaign in a lot more detail today. The purpose of the nurture campaign is to build your relationship with the lead. Remember when John or Jane, there you go, there's a female name. You seem to be struggling with that one. <laughs> Jane. <laughs> when John or Jane are potential uh, customer, when they first interact with us, they are a lead. They're not a customer yet. They are somebody who knows who we are. Maybe they've seen a video. Maybe they've read a blog article. They've given us their email address and they've started to receive information. But that's it. They're still a lead. We use the nurture campaign to warm that lead up. So we're going from cold to warm to hot. And it's only when we reach hot that we can actually make sales. When somebody likes us, they trust us, and they actually want to transact with us. So the whole purpose of the nurture campaign is to get people um, towards that um, that state where they are ready to make a purchase from us and our business but so right now with are still a, we're still a stranger to them
1: understood so what we so what we are saying is that we are a stranger yes they may have seen us on the page but and maybe if done right and follow the battle system they may have seen some content prior but in real terms in terms of transaction we're still a stranger yeah so yes they've giving you their email so that's the first great impression but how can we make a incredible impression how can we have a maximum bear in mind we're just dealing in inbox here what's the best way to make a massive good impression
0: mm. well the first thing we've done already is deliver them the lead magnet we're going to be talking about how uh, what the lead magnet is and how we build that on uh, on thursday yeah thursday yes. um but in short if you weren't here yesterday a lead magnet is something like a pdf checklist or maybe some additional videos that go with a blog article or maybe a short ebook it's something um, highly condensed form of value that we've given to the visitor in exchange for their email address so we've already delivered something that hopefully if you follow up our instructions and our advice on Thursday will be super valuable. It'll be an extremely valuable piece of information. So we've opened up that uh, relationship really well already. We're then just going to carry on with the Nurture emails and the Nurture campaign, building that relationship.
1: And 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 then what we're saying is the next best way to create a good impression off the back of this free gift that we've given is the Nurture emails are there to provide value so this is why they come before the sale because the sale would put them off but the nurture emails in the very nature of how we're going to create them and you'll be discovering that today will allow them to say okay this person gives us incredible value albeit it may just be sitting in my inbox but that will be a lot of value in the inbox which allows you know you to stand apart from maybe those immediate sales emails and the one thing that we want to alleviate is One of the challenges people have is, okay, so am I writing emails every single day, Uh, what do I do? So if you are an email copywriter, yes, it's probably your job and that's probably what you do, but in the sense of a business owner and in the sense of an email marketing campaign, once we nail it and we get a good campaign in place i.e., the nurture email campaign in place, we can then automate it. We can deliver this automatically and we can then deliver it to every single person as fresh. comes into our email marketing campaign so we write it once we deliver multiple times so think of this also as an asset we're building an email asset so that's the first thing so let's that's introducing what we're talking about today but now let's start deep diving on nurture emails you understand why they're powerful why they're important now let's get into the nitty-gritty what's the first thing we need to consider when um, starting this process
0: now of creating nurture emails Sure, well let's very quickly recap the objective because people forget this um, and they just start writing emails without really thinking what we're trying to do here. Remember, we are trying to continue our relationship building with our leads. We've given them the lead magnet. They've got that great piece of value. We want to continue that relationship on a positive note and give, give, give more and more value before we ask them to transact with us. Um, So that's what we're going to be doing with the uh, nurture campaign. We continue to provide value until we have secured enough goodwill um, that we can move forward into the sale, which is the next element in the system. So keep this in mind as we go through the rest of today. The objective here is we need to build that relationship.
1: Absolutely. So the next question to consider is how many emails? Okay. On my diagram, I've put four, but this could have been ten. It's going to be twenty. It's going to be a hundred. So the probably the way, if you ask us any kind of question like that, we'll either give you two default answers. One is it depends. And the second answer is look as many as it takes as, as long as it takes to build a relationship with them, you will continue to send emails. So that that's that's probably not a good enough answer. So let's dive deeper into that, which is what will it depend on? Because like I said, that's the second kind of answer we're going to give you and one, it very much depends on your business, but it also depends on how much goodwill and trust is needed with, in, in, regards to building that relationship with the potential customer. And that very much depends on the complexity of the sale. So this now depends on what exactly you're selling here. Is it something for two pound? Is it an, a digital product? Is it, you're asking somebody to subscribe to something, uh, which has a monthly reoccurring fee. Are they paying a high ticket item? Are they paying 500 pound plus? Are they paying a thousand pound plus to attend a live event? So it very much depends on the complexity of the sale. So that's what factor, what's probably the biggest factor it does depend on. But again, that's not an overly useful answer. So what's a good starting point for the listeners?
0: So what we're gonna do is we're gonna start with three emails. Again, this may not be enough. You may need more if you need to build up more goodwill, if you need to build the relationship more before your first sale. Uh, but three is a good starting foundation from which we can extend. Um, so today we're going to cover three. Once you've got the basics of these these three emails, the first three emails, which arguably are the most important, once you've got this down, it's a lot easier to extend um, your Nurch campaign for as long as it needs to be.
1: Mm, absolutely and generally the generally you want to still stick with the principle of these emails have to be better they have to be providing value consistent value over time so let's look at some examples uh kyle your uh chinese business how many nurture emails are are within that when somebody gives you an email address
0: sure it's about 20 um so over I believe in the first week they received maybe two or three, so it's quite a lot in the first week, and then from then on, I believe it is one per week for the next two months or so.
1: Fantastic! Uh, and just to give some insight to the listeners, when did you write this? And uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm curious. So we, we love automation. So when did you write this? And how right. long ago? And I guess 2017. Maybe and you've been using using the same campaign since.
0: Yeah, so we'll talk about this in a moment, but when we write these emails, that's it. Um, We write them so that they are evergreen. That's the word that we use. It means I'm not writing an email um, which is about, oh, hey, it's Christmas, and then sending that to people all throughout the year. We make sure there's no particular time connection so that we can continue to send an email um, at any time to anyone. And that's why these same 20 emails have been delivered. Wow, maybe. I don't know, 50, 100,000 times um, to different people. Mm,
1: absolutely. And then if you look at an, an, an extreme example of that, because like we said, the more the better here, because we're just consistently adding value. We can look at somebody who's a, um, you know, people think of him in different ways, but Ty Lopez has hundreds of nurture emails. And there's no reason, so here's, here's the, the way he thinks about it. There's no reason to stop sending someone emails even as part of their, as part of their, if they're in your list already, so that's the message I'm trying to get across here, If they're in your list already and they have already made a sale. Ty Lopez will continue to send them nurture emails. He just has taken that approach. So here's the, we're giving you two examples. What does Carl do within his business? What is something like Ty Lopez do as an extreme example, but we're going to start with building off the foundation of three emails, and then you can do whatever you like after that point. So, what's another question before we talk about what actually goes into these emails that we can consider
0: sure so we're going to look at actually writing these emails today um, right now you do not need to worry about setting up the software we're going to be talking about that at the end of the day but if you do want to follow along while we are going through um, the, the nurture emails the three nurture emails mm-hmm. then i recommend you do it in a word document or a, a google doc and that's going to be enough. Um, in order to start to flesh out your emails. Later, we'll talk about how we turn these Word documents into actual emails, Um, but don't worry about the technicalities for now.
1: Absolutely. So let's now talk about what actually goes into the emails. Now, the easy thing to do is for us to have created a lead magnet or a PDF download or a document where you could just copy and paste a template but that template doesn't really teach you anything. That just teaches you this is a template that worked for a certain kind of sale or a certain kind of business. Whereas we, we are very much under the idea that if you want to provide genuine value, then it's got to be personal. It's got to be personal to you, your business and your customers. Therefore, it should be customized. That's what that means. So we're not going to go into massive detail on every single email in regards to the title first paragraph call to action um what should go in the second paragraph or what kind of language to use within emails that's that's going to get a bit boring that's going to be us just talking and reading off a script and then again you'll be end, ending up with something generic what will we do instead kyle in in regards to giving them the information
0: sure we're going to talk more abstractly about what these first three emails should be doing so the main points that you need to hit in each of the emails without us diving into massive detail about okay first paragraph this second paragraph this we just want to give you the basic shape so that you can match uh, your personality and your style to those objectives Um, Mm. and then you'll end up with something that's a lot more uh, personal to your business absolutely
1: and that being said there are loads of examples out there in the world And, you know, they're fantastic. So we do highly recommend adapting others, but understanding you have your needs first and it has to be personalized to you. So you can use templates, but then adapt them to your personalization and your customization.
0: So more than that, actually, we're going to start with looking at other people's emails. Um, Then we're going to review what objectives we need our emails to hit. Um, But we're going to start with something called a swipe file. Um, which we'll explain to you in a moment what that is. The, the reason we want to look at other people's emails though, um, at the competitors, other people in the marketplace, um, at maybe emails from non-related businesses but still um, useful samples, the reason we want to look at these uh, other emails that other people have created is because email marketing gives us just a massive amount of data. When I send out um, 10,000 emails to 10,000 people, I can see how many people opened that email? So let's say I send out ten thousand emails, and eight thousand of them open it. Wow, that's uh, that's eighty percent. That means I know that whatever that subject line, um, whatever w- whatever the subject line of that email was, that's obviously working really well. Um, we have been given the data about that email. By sending it to so many people, we get that huge amount of data and we can make decisions based on that. Why are we telling you this? Because competitors and people who are already sending out email newsletters, people who are already sending out nurture campaigns, they've done this already. They've received this huge amount of data and they have adjusted the emails that they're sending out. So if you look at someone like Ty Lopez, he's been sending those hundreds of emails for five, maybe eight years, a long time. So he's been able to refine and change what it is he's sending out. And that means that the headlines he's using, the text that he's using in his emails, it works. Um, uh, because of all that data, because of all of that optimization. So mm. instead of us start from scratch, a blank page. It makes a lot more sense to start with um, samples that we gather up, samples that we filter so that we know they are, relevant to our needs uh, relevant to our objectives and then we rewrite um we create from these successful examples absolutely swipe file um basically a swipe file is i will go and grab a whole bunch of emails i'm talking about hundreds of emails potentially from competitors from influencers from people um who exhibit best practices they're just really good at email marketing i'll grab all of that together and then use those examples to pull best practices.
1: Absolutely. So that's great. So, so where, where I said we high we're going to highly recommend adapting other kind of templates and other experts in this field and personalizing them, that's the way uh, Carlos prepped today. So we're going to use that as a groundwork mm-hmm. and then we'll start to share with you how you can actually go and do that. So, uh, two things we know, uh, email marketing and using you know, competitors or good practices. One, they have a, an incredible amount of data. They, you know, they, that means open rates have been, you know, proven. Click through rates have been proven. Click through rates, for example, is when somebody's now gone through the email subject, they're reading and they actually take action on whatever is written in that email it could be clicking through to read a blog. It could be clicking through to uh, listen to a podcast, for an example. Could be like right, the BBO show as an email, you click through that and it takes you to the latest show. So all of that data and what's the best writing to get somebody to take action has all been proven by brands, influencers, people who are very effective email marketers as well, like Carl has explained. So what he means by swipe files is these are literally good emails. They have good copy on it. There's good websites at the back of it. And it just end-to-end displays fantastic good practice. And these can be large companies. These can be solo entrepreneurs. These can be people are just dedicated to marketing. These could be marketing agencies who produce swipe fly- files, which are what they would use for their clients. And that's what we wanna use as a base level model. So that brings up the next question, Carl, which is, does that mean we copy everything? And I guess the answer is no, based on what Carla said, Not at all. What we want to do is borrow the form. Let's just think of that as a word. We want to borrow borrow the form and the structure, but we want to adjust the content to be personal to us. And that can save us an incredible amount of time. The way in which we do that is we can then add our personality, our own personal brand, the value that we have to drop, and also the nuanced content that was associated with with our market niche, and the problem that needs solving or the customer's problem that they need solving, and our solutions as part of that. So that's the way to think about the next stage as we go through this. So in terms of these swipe files, Carl, what's our starting suggestions?
0: Okay, so the first one is gonna be very personal to you. When you go through your emails every day or however often you do that, what email newsletters are you actually taking the time to stop and read? What newsletters do you read? What uh, what businesses do you follow online? that you actually take the time to sit and read their emails? These are going to be great samples to start with. These are going to be good emails for you to model because they're already resonating with you. They're already something that you go out of your way to read, which we talked yesterday, you get, we get 150 emails a day. We think it's more personally, but the fact that you are taking five minutes to read that email means there's something that's resonating with you. And that's going to be a really good email to model moving forward.
1: Yeah. And the way you can do this is just simply search your inbox, go look at most recent ones, but also go way back. Mm-hmm. Um, so f- pick a particular company or a name that pops up and go back and have a look at their, the first three to five emails that you actually received from that particular person, company, or brand, and have a look at them and then save the file. Um you can save the file very simply. You can just copy and paste, or you can save it as a HTML, however you wanna do that. But why is that important? Um, why are we recommending you do this? Because like Carl said, this is still a newsletter that you still read, you still follow, they still live in your inbox. You haven't moved them to the promotions tab, which is something that you can intentionally do. So there's somebody I don't read. If, if they drop my inbox and I don't read them after a while, they go into the promotions tab to keep my inbox organized. Whereas if they're still living in your inbox, then chances are they've built a good reputation with you. And the way they would have done that is through email marketing and maybe some other factors. But the fact that you're still reading their emails means they have something powerful. So this is something we can emulate. Now that's the first, our first suggestion. What's our
0: second suggestion? So the first suggestion is based on things we're already signed up for. The second suggestion is to go and sign up for new email newsletters. We want to receive new nurture campaigns from people um, so the best thing about this is when you sign up for a new campaign you're gonna receive their first email their second email their third email in order um, because you are a new lead for them so because of this we now know, what these emails are trying to do so we can read these emails coming from these new companies knowing aha this is a nurture email they're trying to warm me up they're taking me towards a sale and because of that it's very valuable because we can go live through the process um that lead is generally pulled through um by the nurture emails Um, because you know what they're doing you know what to look for so we can learn a lot from these these new newsletters
1: Mm, absolutely and some suggestions here is. Just hit up some big names, online names, especially people like Tim Ferris, um, Gary Vaynerchuk. There'd be two good suggestions to go check out first because they have great email marketing content and I actually read both of their newsletters. So that's that's a good good suggestion to to get
0: started with. Do you have more examples here? Um, I'm thinking maybe uh, not Seth Godin, but Neil Patel.
1: So Neil, Neil Patel from a marketer perspective will be fantastic.
0: So even if they're not in your definite niche, if so let's say you run a business consulting company, you could still sign up for somebody who sells uh, nutritional supplements, for example. It could be a different uh, business because we can still take some learnings from their, early nurture emails and bring them into our emails later even if it's from a different uh, business niche obviously the ones in your business niche are going to be more directly applicable but you might be able to get some really interesting ideas um, from a totally different business um, and then your email is going to really stand out because if you're a business consultant and maybe normally email newsletters are a bit stayed they're a bit kind of standard imagine mm-hmm. if you're picking up tips from a yoga instructor or uh, a fitness influencer or something like that and you're able to bring them into your messaging if it fits your brand and if it fits your business of course that's going to really set you aside so go wide while looking for these models
1: absolutely so i haven't got any uh, off the top of the head examples because i think you listed two fantastic ones mm. what i would say is come and join us in the slack group and by then my memory would have been dropped I can actually go through my inbox and say, okay, these people are fantastic. So I will I can do step one to help you with some great examples for step two so you can sign up to their newsletters. Yeah. Now the third one doesn't require you to sign up to anything or have a look and dig into an inbox. Instead, we're gonna leverage the hard work that certain websites have done and use them as an example. So as well as collecting our own examples and emails that are actually websites that have done all the hard work for us and collated some of the best email campaigns. That's what we're talking about today, a nurture email campaign, and created essentially a swipe file, which is you can click next, you can click next, and you can click next, and you can start to see in order and sequence these email campaigns. Now, they won't be the only campaign that particular brand or company does, but they're extracted as a good a good model to base your email and email nurture campaign on. So a website to check this out is you can go to blog.wishpond.com and they have some great email marketing templates. But the best way to find this is just type into Google best nurture emails or nurturing campaign template and there'll be a whole bunch of uh, websites that come out
0: can also Google now you know the terminology you can Google email campaign swipe file or nurturing email swipe file swipe file is what's used in the marketing world so you'll be able to find um you'll be able to find really good emails now that you know this term.
1: Yeah and and this also sometimes allows you to skip step two here our suggestion two which means you don't have to necessarily sign up for email files because you could type in best nurture emails, Gary Vaynerchuk, or best nurture emails, Tim Ferriss. The only challenge with this is why I like suggestion two is you get to experience what receiving their emails in your inbox is like. That way you put your shoes in the in the same shoes that the customer will be in when you send your nurture emails to them. So it's good to see where the email lands, what does it look like, what does it feel like, um, and that's important as well. Go through the experience of of receiving emails from very good marketers so the next thing to think about is what are we going to emulate what should we then extract from these three suggestions and what's the best thing to take away from these cracking examples so Carl, what's the what's the thing to take away here
0: so as we mentioned we are not just going to copy their emails it's not going to work for you um plus it's plagiarism you should not do it um the basic idea here is we're going to model the form of these emails. We're going to take some best practices. Uh, We maybe might adapt headlines, for example, um, or we might adapt what they're giving away or the length of the emails. Basically, when you go through these emails, some things will stick out to you as, oh, that looks... I really like how this works. Look for what resonates with you because we're going to be combining um, the best practices of these models with your personality. Um, with your brand's personality so if it resonates with you it's going to connect well with your business um, with your brand and hopefully it's going to make it much more genuine and authentic when you put together your own emails to go out to your leads Um, absolutely
1: so so now we understand that principle that we're going to customize these we're going to personalize these with us our brand we're not going to copy that's not that's not the focus here but we're going to model good practice and you know that plays out in all kind of realms and it's no different to email marketing here so what are we going to do next as part of the show today we're going to cover our recommendations for what these first three emails should be and then you can adapt them according to the samples that you have extracted from our our three suggestions and add your own brand your own personality your own quirkiness whatever that is outside of this email marketing realm bring that into your emails and then you're going to have this really personalized feeling and also your customers will know if especially if they've been following you okay this is the same person in my inbox that is in social media or is i, I read their blog or i see them on their website whatever that is or youtube they will then match you to the that's why it's important to add that customization and personalization otherwise you know you're just copying someone like Ty lopez or you're copying kyle's 20 Chinese emails and they just won't understand the tone, the delivery and who, who who's behind the brand. So let's talk about the first three emails. Email number one is a welcome email.
0: Yep. So the welcome email is the most important. This is the one that people are most likely to open. Um, and you need to make a really good first impression. Think about if you're meeting somebody in real life. First impressions are really important. Um, for the relationship moving forward. And again, our objective is to build our relationship with the lead. So the first impression, super important. Now, the first thing um, that we need to think about is whether this is coming from you or whether it's coming from the business. Now we talked about personal branding versus um, corporate branding back in the audience week. If you are following personal branding, Absolutely, this should be a very personalized email, this should be coming from you, This should maybe have a photo of yourself. Um, There are ways to make this very personal so that people know they're talking to a person. If you are going corporate, I would still recommend it coming from you as an individual, even if it's with less less of your personality, it's still from an individual because greetings from uh, a person are always better received. Like even when massive companies um, kind of open up dialogues with, with uh, customers, they tend to use individuals. They tend to use people who are spokespe- spokespersons, people, can't say it, spokespeople of their larger company. Yeah. Um, it's just that the easiest way to start a relationship is person to person. So if you can stay with your personal touch and add a bit of personality into this welcome email.
1: Absolutely. Now on the notes, we've got some points that you should hit, points that you should definitely include within your welcome email. So I'm going to read them off so I don't miss any of these points for you. So the first one is, you know, be thankful and show them gratitude for signing up. You know, they've given you their email address. And yes, you may have given them a lead magnet, but do thank them and say, thank you for signing up to this newsletter or whatever it is that you're sending them. Thank you for signing up to the subscription. That's important. That thank you is important. The next thing is, like Carl said, is you're a person. So the next thing to do as a person is to introduce yourself. And again, you don't have to necessarily do it in this order, but these are definitely things to include within your welcome email. So introduce yourself. That's the next thing. Who are you? What are you about? The third thing, and then I'll hand over to Carl to drop some more points on you, is set the expectation. And this is a big one that people miss. How often can they expect to hear from you? When can they expect to hear from you? Is it every Wednesday at nine o'clock? Is it twice a week, uh, Tuesday and Thursday? Is it on a Saturday morning? Set the expectation, because what this does is says, I am going to be Uh, promising you something and then when they receive that you're keeping that promise and it's an incredibly easy promise to keep because you said I'll email you on Wednesday every Wednesday and they receive the email every Wednesday that's a great way to do it I can talk about expectations for a long time but that's important to include Um, what's the next things to include within this
0: it's a big one here is we're going to talk about what value we're going to be offering in our emails remember people have signed up because There is this promise of value they haven't signed up just to be sold to so we need to say this up front we need to make it explicit i'm going to be providing you value Um, i'm going to be you know sending you blog articles or sending you podcast uh, episodes i think you're going to be find useful we're going to tell people explicitly what value we're going to be giving them Um, so you generally want to outline this but specifically we want to talk about the value they're going to be receiving in the second email so remember this is the first email the welcome email they're very likely to open this one because it's your first interaction. The second email they're less likely to open because it's the second interaction there's a natural drop-off so we're going to promise a specific piece of value that we're going to be delivering in the second email and this is a good way to kind of smooth out that curve so that we have open uh, people opening the first email and the second email. Um, that's again setting up expectation loops is I'm going to do this and then you do this um, and that builds up trust in you and your business Um, so value going to be massive here just explicitly say this is what I'm going to be helping you with this is what I'm going to be showing you this is what I'm going to be giving you
1: Mm, absolutely and if you know in advance you can be talking about the results and if you read through these emails you can expect to get these results Um, where we dive into that very well is in features and benefits which we talk about in creating a sales landing page, which we did last week. So I'd go check that out as well. That will give you an additional way to talk about how you can get across value to a customer. The next thing is whitelisting. So this is a common thing, but what does that mean to uh, a business owner?
0: Okay, so whitelisting is the technical term for making sure that the email lands in the inbox or it isn't captured by a spam filter. This should be the main call to action. This is the main action we want people to complete in the first email. So remember, this first email is the most likely to get opened. Um, We want to make sure they continue to receive our emails. So we want to prompt the person reading the email to whitelist our email address, to whitelist it so that they continue to receive our emails. And it's in their benefit to do so because we have just outlined, hey, this is all the value you're going to be getting. Hey, in the second email, I'm going to be giving you this. It's in their their benefit to go ahead and whitelist it so they receive all of this good stuff. So what we need to do, though, because this is a technical thing, we need to show them how to whitelist. Unfortunately, whitelisting emails is different depending on what software you're using. However, um, the vast majority of people use Gmail. looked up the statistic yesterday, it's about 60% of mm. uh, of email accounts in the West are Gmail, so that's a big chunk. And even the second largest, which is Yahoo, apparently, did not know oh, that. I didn't know that Yeah, it has a very similar uh, mechanism. So if we give instructions for Gmail, it's going to be enough um, for most people to be able to whitelist. Uh, basically, all they have to do is click on the, your sent from email, and then there's a little drop down, and... They can click whitelist it's a good idea to add this instruction into your first email or give them a link um, to a page that shows them how to whitelist we don't want to go Mm. into detail with it too much but this should be the major call to action of your first email
1: absolutely so the second email we've got the components that should be in your first welcome email now the second email is where we really double in so we welcome them We've explained that we're gonna present them with value. Now we actually go ahead and start to present them with value. And when we mean value, we mean a value overload. So this is a great time to really over deliver on that promise of value. And it's a great time to heap on the value. So ideally, you know, we teased it in yesterday's email and that will naturally help you get the open today. If you're very, very good at this, you can tease in terms of what value they can expect. But again, you'll start to see this when you extract some of those great, good examples and models out there. You could tell them what you're going to be revealing to them tomorrow or on the next email and then deliver with that value. So a personal favorite of mine actually works quite well where we have got the BBO show and I'm a part of the Growth Tribes podcast as well a great starting email and we're going to give you a whole bunch of examples here so if you're thinking what does that mean just bear with us we're going to cover this so my my personal favorite is the best off list so for the growth tribes podcast if a new email subscriber comes along this is a good job for the memory to get this campaign shaped up a bit better would automatically be the top three or top five podcasts that people typically listen to or the most downloaded podcasts or the podcasts that I loved the most, whatever. But it's the best of X, the best of the blog, the best of the podcast, the best of the website, the best of social media, the best of YouTube. So that's a great one, which means, what's, what's great about that is you've already done a lot of the work and now you're just collating it. But that's me talking about the next stage, Carl, which is how how should they compile the their best of list as such? Because there's many different ways to do it, but it's a really handy tip.
0: Sure. So uh, very briefly, this content is stuff that you produced earlier on in the baton process in audience. We've gone through content production. We've talked about why content marketing is so important. All we're doing right now is, yeah, compiling a list of the best stuff that you've already done, getting into one email. So it's almost like a quick start guide or an onboarding email is saying, hey, um, welcome to the family. It's great to have you here. We've been, you know, publishing blog articles for the last couple of years or we've been doing live shows, we want to um, we want to get you up to speed and here's all the best stuff um, that we've been doing. Uh, a really good example of this is on Mark Manson's website. He actually has a page on his website where he goes through all of the top articles, all of the top resources um, that he's published over the years. Uh, he also has an email form of this, um, but maybe we can link this below the video yeah what? i'm just reading through that now that's fantastic so that's a good example i was going to pull it up but i realized there's a lot of swearing on that page um we must keep it safe he, yeah. he wrote the book um the subtle art of not giving an f uh which i'm sure you have on your page of, i haven't got that one
1: I, i've heard i've heard uh, i've heard people talk about
0: it I yeah it. Um, no, it's really good but if i go to that page uh, there's a lot of f words uh but if you Google markmanson.net best articles, that will come up and that's a really good resource list. It's just mm. one, two, three, one, two, three, like showing you the best articles, the best podcasts, the best resources. Um, mm. so and, it's, and it's up.
1: categorized, is really good. So what we're saying here is there's no need to make new content. You don't have to fall into this trap. What we're doing is introducing to them what you already have and what you already have should have been built up already. So if you're thinking email marketing, is something that we just go, right, I have no customers, I have no audience, and we just start email marketing. You're going to see poor results. Remember that email marketing is a tool and a technique within a bigger marketing system. The best way to get the best results with email marketing is really master that audience week. So that's why we did that way before email marketing. So go check that
0: out. This sits specifically in tribe. Email marketing is a tribe element of the baton system. So again, we have business, audience, tribe, offer, and network. Um, We don't really bother with email marketing until we get to tribe. A lot of businesses will do it either far too early or far too late, Um, (laughs) but we're doing it in the middle in the tribe section.
1: Absolutely. So that leads us on now to the third email, which is imagine you have promised that you're gonna give X value. So what we said is we're gonna give you X value in email two. And then we over-delivered, we sent them the top five uh, blog articles, the top five articles to get started with. It doesn't matter that we've already uh, uh, produced it previously, they will now be experiencing it new, or they may have never seen this list before, or one article there could transform their life or the video, etc. So that's the promise. That's keeping the promise now and over-delivering on that promise. Now, what we can do is take this to another level by surprising them with over delivering on a promise that we didn't even give to them. So we didn't agree to a promise, but what we're doing is now over delivering via surprise. So it's just somebody turning up to your house knocking on the door, that opening that door for email email inbox, which is Gmail in this example, and handing you a gift. That's what email number three wants to be. It wants to be a surprise value overload. Is that a good way to describe it?
0: Yeah, so imagine in email one, you said, okay, I'm going to be providing you a whole ton of value in email two. I'm going to be giving you uh, a list of my top 20 blog articles categorized into how they can help you right now. That's the promise. In email two, you deliver those top 20 articles categorized in, you know, how they can help you now. Boom, you've fulfilled the promise. They're happy. You've given them a lot of value. In email three, you say, oh, sorry, I totally forgot. Here's a video series, um, which goes along with these 20 articles that I think would really, uh, flesh out your learning and really help you move on to the next stage in your progress, whatever that progress is. Um, so and surprise wh- over delivery.
1: Surprise mm-hmm. over delivery. And that's a great explanation. Um, Carl, and the way to do this is really simply, again, you don't have to create something new. Just hold something back from email two. remember. You know, they don't know what's coming. That's something to consider. And what you've given them is in, let's look at the example of Mark Manson, best articles. You've given them years worth of articles that you've produced, probably has high traffic volume, and you've just delivered them as part of one package in the email inbox. Great. Now, there may be in the third email, these two secret articles, which are completely underread, which Mark feels that everybody should read. But it just doesn't get a lot of traction on the internet for whatever reason. As a as an arbitrary example, so he could have held a couple of articles back. Alternatively, he could drop the article that he wrote his first ever article. Here's a here's my first ever article I wrote uh, as a special gift. Um, I think it's somewhere something so everybody should listen, uh, read. So that's the key here. Uh, again, the simpler way to do it is just hold something back from email too.
0: Absolutely. So these are the three basic emails that we recommend you send out um, and to your new subscribers to people who have just entered your email list Um, you should also be looking for best practices from the model emails in your swipe file um, and you can fit all of those models into this structure we've just given you so welcome um, value delivery and value over delivery these three are really nice strong foundation but feel free to expand from there or to change these around uh, based on the models you've seen as well the main thing is we deliver value and we're moving our relationship with the lead forward as long as you're doing that it doesn't really matter what these first three emails are this is Hmm. just a really solid foundation a strong way to start if you don't know where to start
1: absolutely and hopefully now you've realized that wow there can be a whole bunch of email that gets sent out which provide value before we introduce a sale that's important. Most people will be introducing the sale early. Um, and I still get it. The inbox is still full of sales immediately after I give them my email address. And it's not a good move. Uh, it's really not. So which is why we discuss nurture emails and get you started with the first three. Now, we want to talk about automation. We want to talk about taking you from not having to send manual emails out to every new sus- subscriber that comes into the mix or into the pot. Now, the way we des- the way this is described in-, in digital marketing or email marketing terms is using an email autoresponder. So that's giving you the title. Now, Kyle, if you introduce this, then I'll jump in with the next part.
0: Sure. So you've probably got your emails written up now, uh, your three emails written in a Google Doc or a Word doc. Absolutely fine. That's where we start. We are, though, going to have to get those uh, that text into a piece of software. That software is, as Harms has just said, an email autoresponder. We want to cover basically what the concept of an email autoresponder is today, and then tomorrow, uh, when when we're discussing sales emails, I'm going to be talking about how you set up an email autoresponder. Um, the main purpose of an autoresponder is to make sure we are not sending manual emails. We are not every time somebody signs up for our newsletter, rushing to our computer to send them the first email, that would be absolute insanity, especially when you have, you know, a thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand people on your email list, Absolutely, it's not possible.
1: So, so the way we do this is we use an email autoresponder. So what does that do very simply? Now there's some fantastic tools out there and it can do lots of wonderful things, but. Very simply put, what an email autoresponder does, it responds automatically on a set time and schedule that you set, and they will send that email automatically to someone who gives you their email address. So they they put their email address in a page, that gets put into this email software, email software registers this and says, ah, it's from that particular campaign. Great, I'm going to send them this automatic email two days after they give us our email address, or it could be immediately, and you can set these parameters within there. So let's just give you an example. That's what we want to do instead, because if you've got a thousand people subscribing to your blog or your newsletter every single month, how are you gonna, you, you need to be creating the newsletter and your product and service. You won't have time to be sending out these three emails on schedule. That's where these tools are massively useful to us at this current time
0: um, that we're in. Yeah, and it really isn't that complex. It is just a piece of software sitting on a computer, not your computer, but a computer somewhere else on a server where you load up your emails Mm -hmm. you've just written. And that could be as simple as copy and pasting from Mm -hmm. your Google Doc, it's very simple. You load them into the autoresponder, Uh, you set the timings. So it might be, okay, send one email per day or send one email per week. You can decide all of that in the autoresponder and then you set them. for. That's it. Once you've loaded up your emails and you've set the timing, um, that's all you need to do. Anytime somebody is added to that list, anytime somebody signs up, they will receive everything automatically.
1: And if you remember to what we said yesterday, this is, this is really cool because what they would do is if somebody gave you their email on Monday, they will receive email number... One of your three email sequence as of Tuesday. Now, let's say some other random person, let's say Jane, she, now I'm, I'm learning uh, English names. Jane actually then gave you her email on Thursday. She could then automatically, based on the software and the way it's been set up, receive email number one on Friday automatically. So that's the power of this. You know, so you, this one campaign can be used again and again. And doesn't matter when somebody signs up, whether it's here, whether it's here, they should, they will receive that campaign as if it was fresh to them at, on day one. So that's, a very, that's very powerful. So the next question which everybody will be thinking about is what email autoresponder? Now, just a little bit of a caveat here, you can go and explore these in lots of different blogs and lots of different articles or rank them Just be conscious and it's not a bad thing, but they will be incentivized by the fact that depending on what email autoresponder you're using, there may be an affiliate link associated with this, which means if you sign up for their email autoresponder or somebody's, then these guys will get paid. Nothing wrong with that. So that's one way to support people. Carl, do we have any affiliate links set up?
0: We should tell people in advance. We Uh, should do. (laughs) assume, Assume that there are affiliate links. If there are affiliate links, we'll have them. Um, it will say this is an affiliate link.
1: Very clear. And and if we get around to um, letting oh, you know which one we particularly use and we set up an affiliate link, blah, 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 we'll put it in the link in the description below um, and we would have used it. We're not just going to say these are top five and not have used them. Um, but
0: right now the recommendation I'm about to make, no, we don't have an affiliate link set up. So that probably tells you something.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that's up to you. But it's, it's important just to be aware of that when we talk about softwares, et cetera, and I like that, Carl. If assume that we have one set up, and we will be very clear with it anyway in the link in the descriptions below. If we ever update it in the future, right now there's no affiliate link set up. Yep. So, Carl, what autoresponder should people use, and what what's the considerations when thinking about enrolling or signing up onto using an autoresponder?
0: Sure. So I'll keep it relatively simple. Uh, right now, the best one to go for is Mailchimp. Um, Mailchimp is an extremely Simple and basic email autoresponder, but it is more than you need um, right now. It has all the functionality, it has all the tools that most businesses will need moving forward. There's a, there are a lot of autoresponders out on the market. Um, Aweber I really like as well. That's a low price point. Um, uh, then there's things like Infusionsoft, which is now Keep, which is a massively complex piece of software which can do absolutely everything, and I believe it's two hundred and fifty pounds a month. Um, Mm -hmm. So you can pay different price points, receive different features, but MailChimp, the best thing about MailChimp is that it is free up until 2000 contacts. So you can have up to 2000 people in your email list without you having to pay anything. This means it's a really good choice for getting started because let's say you're, you're getting started with email marketing. You don't have an email list yet. The email list is not generating any income. You don't want your email autoresponder to necessarily be um, you know, a, a drain on your business. So MailChimp is a really good place to get started.
1: Fantastic. So that's a suggestion. We're just saying go with the free one first. Yes, there's lots that will look super attractive and have all these cool features and say, yeah, you can do this and this and this. But until we've got at least 2,000 people and the purpose of this is, member, to make sales at some point unless that email autoresponder can help us make sales there's no point signing up to one that's paid so use it free learn it explore it and that's the key now what our our suggestion is to make the most out of this week is go ahead and sign up for a free trial with MailChimp it's completely free up to 2,000 contacts that means you can then follow along easily with everything we're talking about tomorrow, as we go deeper into autoresponders, setting up these processes here, getting the sale through, that's where the focus needs to be. So like I said, it's free, there's no, there's nothing, you're going to do it anyway. So we would recommend joining a free one first, follow along, and then you're going to get the maximum benefit out of the things we talk about this week. So. In summary, today we have covered a whole bunch of components but focusing and narrowing down onto setting up your nurture emails, building a relationship and turning the leads from cold to warm and getting them hotter at what which point we introduce the sale. We've spoken about focusing on the objective first which is building the relationship, providing lots and lots of value. We've spoken about leveraging this amazing work that's already been extracted for us. Either we explore it ourselves, or we can go to websites that have set this up for us, which is building swipe files and look at amazing samples to leverage and build off. Remember, we then need to add our own personality to the mix, our own brand to the mix, so that we are in line and the conversation is exactly what the customer expects of who we are, that's important. Remember they subscribe to your email because of you, partly because of you, plus the lead magnet as well. Then we have given you three core fundamental emails to get started with. That is the welcome email, that is the value overload.
0: Oh, we've lost harms for some reason. We've given you three emails to get started. So the welcome email, which is where you set expectations of the value we're going to be providing. The second email is where we actually provide that value. We deliver what we promised. And the third email is the value over delivery. So it's saying, okay, we promised you this, we gave you this, and now we are going to over deliver. We're going to give you even more. Remember the objective is to uh, continuously build the relationship with our leads so that we can move them slowly towards making a sale. We have then at the end of today introduced the concept of email autoresponders and given you a concrete recommendation, which is Mailchimp. Mailchimp is free up to two thousand, up to two thousand email addresses. Um, So it's a really good way for you to get started, and it's a good way for you to follow along with what we're doing this week using an actual tool, so you can see. you can see a live example using a real autoresponder. So we do recommend you go ahead and sign up for a free uh, Mailchimp account. It's—I don't know if it needs a credit card. You'll have to check that, um, but it certainly is free up until 2,000, uh, 2000 subscribers. Our Windows just jumped back in, so I'll let him do his. I'll let him do his closing out. I've just finished up the summary. So if you want to do the three action points, the three call to actions, now that you know the lingo uh, for people listening at home.
1: You've got to love these tools. Um, I can't hear Kyle. My laptop completely shut down. I think it just overheated and hit the maximum capacity. So Kyle, if you've signed us out, that's great.
0: Uh okay he can't hear me so I'm gonna finish up with the last three call to actions the main ones are if you have any questions about what we've talked about in today's uh, show come along to our slack group the link is below It's totally free to join Arminder and I are in there to answer questions whether it's a business question or a marketing question um, and it requires your email address to sign up we don't get that we're not going to be sending you marketing emails now that you know about what marketing emails are we don't do that Um, instead it's just a community of business owners and entrepreneurs who are looking to build their business online so we're happy to help with that the second call to action um, see now I can use the lingo because I've already started to tell you about these things is to make sure you subscribe to the channel um, on YouTube or Facebook or wherever you are watching these videos consuming our content that allows us to know um, that is worthwhile and that we will continue to produce this hopefully valuable content for you. It also means that you will get notification when there is new uh, content, which should be every single day. And the third thing um, you might want to check out is our Amazon book. It is 200 plus ways to generate an income from home. We produced it during the corona uh, crisis because a lot of people were suddenly stuck at home without necessarily being able to generate an income. So we came up with a list of 200 different ways to earn money from home um, online. So that's split into no skills required, just an internet uh, connection and a laptop or computer, um, using the fact that you speak English as a way to generate an income, using your existing professional skills, and using... Oh God. Sorry. Anyway, I don't know why I can still hear our software is going bad. So go ahead and download that book. Um, It's Kindle and it's 99 cents. I'm going to sign out because he's playing that at full volume and everything can be heard. Uh, We'll see you tomorrow where we're going to be talking about sales emails. So it's going to be very similar to the nurture emails, but moving people into our sales.